Welcome back to the Where's Jake At podcast. <laughs> this is your celebrity host, Zach Bellavia, along with my amazing co-host. Yeah, Emily's here too. Do you guys have trail names yet? Come on, introduce your trail names. This is an AT podcast. This is Shotgun, coming to you live from <laughs> oh, the Tennessee Hills. From Shotgun Ridge. Uh, from Where's My Meth Lab Ridge. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm base camp. All right. And on today's special episode, we've got the whole crew once again, and we are answering your questions, you, the audience. Thank you for submitting your questions on Facebook, on Instagram, for following along. It means the world to the, to the family. It so, does. Uh, the only one's missing is Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey, yeah. but he's, he's he, having the best time. He likes to keep a low profile anyway. He wouldn't have been on here. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. So we're going to try to address as many questions as possible. If we don't get to yours today, very likely that it ends up on a subsequent Q&A session. Down probably not, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't end up in today's episode, it probably wasn't good enough. All so right, well, don't take it personally, but... I tried my best. All right. <laughs> Sorry for whoever we're about to offend. All right. Uh, so first question is, I think a common question that people have for folks on the AT. What do you think about when you're hiking all day? Jake, as the uh, host of this podcast, do you want <laughs> to be the first. first to respond? I'll be honest. I mean, I think we're all getting to the point where we're just starting to have a little bit more time to reflect. Like the first couple of weeks, you're just very focused on getting to the next shelter, getting to the next water supply. Do you have enough food? Like it's very logistically oriented. So you don't have as much profound reflection. Um, but now I think you're getting to the point where you're able to like actually like think about stuff for a while because we're a couple weeks in. We know what we're doing. We're less worried about water. We're less worried about food. But honestly, most of the day, I just like – in the morning, I'm usually talking with one of the people in the tramley. So we're just talking about life, sports. If it's me and Two Spoons, we're talking about socialism versus capitalism. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then, like, in the afternoon, usually I like to plug in my headphones, and I just, like, honestly just try and enjoy the music or the podcast and shut my brain off just because all that really matters is where we're getting to that night. So I, I don't think it's very exciting what I think about during the day yet. <laughs> Maybe that'll change. What about uh, one other person? Anyone who has a uh, different perspective? What do you think about, Kev? <laughs> um, Shane's calling you out. A lot of times, I think... Especially since I uh, gave up the checking poles for the Smokies, it's mostly like don't fall on my face <laughs> <laughs> with a you know with a heavy pack. Um, but yeah, I agree with Jake. Like it's kind of uh, now that we're three weeks in, I wouldn't say that we're like professionals yet, but I think we are getting like more of our trail legs, and we're kind of falling into our routine. And um, honestly, like at the end of the day, like your mind wanders so much, like you can't even think about like. You know, like, what the heck was I thinking about today? <laughs> so and, uh, like, sometimes you're just like, oh, man, I'm so hungry. Like, when I get back, this is absolutely what I'm getting out of my food pack tonight. Um, but I've been, I think I've been appreciating more of, like, the the beauty of the trail more. Like, the birds, things are starting to, seeing some butterflies, um, signs of life. So, so spring, spring is sprung. So it's, uh, I think... That'll be captivating my attention a lot more on trail. Right. Yeah. yeah, so kind of along the lines of Kevin talking about trying to professionally not fall on his face. Um, <laughs> there's a couple questions out here about everybody's work and career and how people are able to take time off um, to tackle the trail and kind of what comes next when you get back um, to working if that's what you're going to do. So I know we have some international friends. It'd be interesting to hear your perspective and then maybe one of our... Americans as well. 
interesting than mine. Mine? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of like a lucky guy. Two spoons here. Since I'm still on the job. Like, <laughs> un unlike most people on the trail, I guess. Especially from, from the American side. So... I'm just taking time off right now. I had saved up quite a lot of overtime over the years of being on the job in Germany. So I talked to my bosses about like doing this a couple of years ago already and like kept bringing it up. And yeah, I want to do this at some point. And now time has come and I'm just using overtime mostly. So I'm still on the job, still on the payroll, um, using overtime, using my vacation days. 32 days in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> so, and... Rub it in. Uh, the time I've saved up isn't not... It's almost enough, but I have to go into, like, minus hours. I'll have to work in one or two years after I've been, I've been done with the trail. So I'll have maybe, like, 120, like, minus negative hours on my, on my sheet... So, yeah, but it's a good feeling to know there's a job sitting right when I'll be coming back. Oh, Zark, what about you? Sure. Um, so I kind of use the trail as an opportunity to take a little bit of a, a career switch or turn. Um, I was teaching for the last six years, and in June, uh, my partner and I moved from Vermont, where we were living, to New York State, and so I left... Um, I left my job there and I started doing in-home behavioral support uh, for kiddos for six months, a good temporary temporary shift. And then when I get back, I, I look to um, moving into the world of behavior therapy. So uh, a little bit of a, a change. So it's been a nice, a nice kind of reset. And um, yeah, that's one of the things I've also been kind of thinking about to answer the earlier question, just kind of what, what I want work to look like for me, for me after the trail. So it took a lot of a lot of saving and a lot of planning, but um, it's definitely been worth it for, for sure. I think probably the last thing I'll just say is like <clears throat> communicating it early. I think we've all probably done that or just taking the risk of like, I'm just quitting my job and then doing this. Yeah. Um, it's really like the two approaches to get tactical about it. Like if you want to do the AT, you know your manager best. Like if you think they'd be really supportive and like a, a lot of times I think folks are. Um, you can try running it past them and just see what they say. Like my, my boss was really, really supportive and he initially wanted me to do like a section hike, like five weeks over five years to try and do the whole AT. And I was really hardcore about wanting to do it all in one go. And he was really supportive of that. So I think just like anything, you communicate your goals to your manager. And if they're a good manager, in my opinion, like they're going to do their best to help make your dream a reality. Cause they know in the long run, that'll make you more willing to stay at the company. So I think we've all been fortunate with that, or we've all been in a spot where we want to change our careers anyway, and the trail just lined up perfectly. So I think those are probably the best examples I've seen on the trail um, so far. Building off of careers, uh, you know, there was a decision to be made about why, you, you know, you wanted to embark on this adventure in the first place. Um, so for any of you who care to share, uh, what were your personal motivations for hiking the trail and making this uh, big leap? Yeah, I guess I can answer that one. Um, I wanted a bit of a, a bit of a change. I left uni maybe five or so years ago, and I've been working pretty solidly since in the same job. Um, so I needed a bit of a, a break from that, reorganise what I was doing. I'd lived in the same place, uh, and I'd never been to the States. I thought this would be a really good way to, you know, tick 14 of them off all in one big go. Um <laughs> 
I really love being outdoors. So I do a lot of outdoor stuff back home and in Europe. So it's just a good reason to spend five to six months outside, sleeping in a tent, um, seeing seeing how far I could push myself. Uh, hopefully finishing the trail. Um, I've done a lot of running so and ruined my knee a couple of years ago. Uh, so taking it a little bit easier and going for a walk seemed like the next best option. <laughs> uh, just a walk in the woods. Just, uh, just, just one step after another, walking through the woods, exactly. Sometimes falling on your face. But, um, but yes, that's kind of it. I was just really looking forward to being outside for six months after spending so much time indoors sat behind a laptop screen. I think that's it for almost everybody. I don't want, I've been answering, I've answered every question. I, this, I, one, this is my podcast. So I, I've already tended. I know you before. do have fans who want to know that specifically though. <laughs> Me in particular. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think what Shane said is really good. Um, I think for me, like my why wasn't necessarily about like wanting a big change in my life necessarily, or like wanting to discover myself it was really more like just to have an epic adventure. Like everyone who I've talked to, like who are older in their career or a little bit more just, you know, they wishes they did something like this when they were in their twenties, like not when they retired. And yeah. so like, that was the big thing for me is like, well, I'm not retired. I'm not even close to being retired. So I might as well do this now. Um, was a big thing for me, like doing some sort of epic adventure, and ultimately, the biggest reason why I ended up doing the AT was because I wanted to do something that was in the States. Like, I didn't study abroad in college, which I think is a common, like, adventure when you're in your 20s, um, if, you're, if you're able to go to college. And I didn't really want to do that when I was in college. So I decided to look at something a little more States-driven just because I wanted to understand my own country better. Um, and that's, like, the AT, there's really no other way to do it. Like, it's just straight up the entire eastern seaboard. I'm from the Midwest, like... A lot of places I hadn't been to before, so that was really exciting for me, and it felt like I was going to have a completely different experience, and I really have. <laughs> I've had a lot of things happen on the trail that I never thought were going to happen, so and that's just three weeks in. Um, so that was it. That was it for me for my life. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> so what do you find the most challenging about the trail, like mentally, physically, environment-wise? I think the interesting part is <clears throat> we're we're still kind of in the honeymoon phase with the trail. It's everything's still new. We're like figuring stuff out. We're getting there. We're learning so much. I think the really challenging part will come in a couple of weeks when we're just used to the grind, and it's just mostly yeah. Keep walking. Keep doing this. Keep getting up in the morning. Keep filtering water and. Even if it gets hard, you, you still need to keep doing it just keep to get cat holes. just to get to Catan. <laughs> yeah, keep keep searching for a privy. Um, so I think that will be like the the biggest challenge mentally, not not even physically because we're getting there. We're getting our trail legs. We're used to the uphills. We're used to ice, snow, the cold, wet, all that stuff by now. But like. Just doing this, not for three weeks, but for mm -hmm. five months, that's going to be, going to be the hard part. Yeah. Anybody else? I think that's pretty good. Yep. <laughs> yeah, good work. Yeah. And for those who don't know what trail legs are, it's a phenomenon where, like, after you've been on trail for a couple of weeks, your legs are, like, so used to hiking that they get stronger and, like, it's easier for you to do more miles. So lately we've been doing, like, between 12 and 15 miles a day. <laughs> 
I think eventually we'll be at the point where maybe between 15 and 18 miles a day because we'll have our trail legs we'll be able to go a little bit faster and just get more of the trail done every single every single day. That's what Tuesmans is referring to there. So on the flip side, uh, a couple of questions on this. What has been the most rewarding part so far three weeks in and any cool um, wildlife or just cool experiences that you specifically want to <laughs> highlight? Um, so most rewarding and any cool, you know, really maybe more, you know, just wildlife or moments or experiences that we haven't heard about yet. Why is everyone looking at me for every question? But, but <laughs> it's just the wildlife. I think most things are still asleep. I think the only wildlife that I've really seen so far is a deer. That was, yeah. We that's, can tell why, that's, story. Why, well, that's, <laughs> that's why everyone's like, like oh, yeah, radio yeah. putting seen, out deer bait. It's deer bait, yeah. So that was a story that happened this month. But yeah, we've seen some squirrels. We've seen mice in the shelters occasionally. Did not. I don't think anyone has seen any bears yet. Not so yet. like, it's still a little <clears throat> early to Shane's point. Um, but yeah, when we were in the Smokies, I took a leak... Uh, way beyond the shelter if there's any atc ridge runners listening there was plenty of space followed the rules there was no privy so i had to do it in the woods and about 20 minutes after i took a leak these deer came up and started like licking where i peed <laughs> so that's like the most exciting animal because <laughs> in the smokies deer aren't hunted so they're very like not afraid of humans and i guess my pee must have been like filled with electrolytes or whatever because that's all we drink out here and that was the most exciting wildlife encounter we've had. Honestly, the more feral creatures we've seen have been hikers. Like, <laughs> very hairy, very scary sometimes. Just very kind, but just, like, look like they've been out here for a while. That's, like, the more feral creatures we see. What about most rewarding? Smokies. Mm-hmm. What about them? The, the Smokies have been, like, a, like a winter wonderland. Kind of, I've, I've done a lash in 2019, so I kind of know the trail and the green tunnel, but being up there, everything's snowed in, trees covered in ice and dry, and that was just something different and something new to me. And I didn't expect it to be this beautiful. So that's kind of been the the most rewarding part to me, especially since it was hard Mm -hmm. and wasn't like, it was cold, it was like tough going, there was so much ice on the trail, but we, prevailed and that that was rewarding to me yeah i think another thing too is like um we're just really set at least for myself like really settling into trail life i feel like once we crossed the 100 mile threshold it kind of felt like okay we're really doing this like we're on trail we're through hikers and getting into the just the routine of like packing up our stuff getting on trail every morning we're getting quicker at resupply our trip at walmart today took much less time so i think just like kind of settling into what is our new reality and kind of letting that sink in has been just kind of like trickling in a little bit and has been really really nice just to allow that feeling to sink in yeah i think um radio face and i were talking so it kind of goes back to the motivation for wanting to do the trail i think earlier like i kind of divided into two categories i think some people come out here to see what they're made of, to test their metal, you know, can I do a 2,000 plus mile hike for however long it's gonna take me and get it done. And I think other people come out here to see what the trail's made of. Like they really, they love the visas, they kind of want that wilderness adventure experience and things. But I don't know, like whatever reasons I had for coming out here, they've kind of like paled in comparison to the actual experience of the trail itself like waking up every day 
like you're going up a 45 degree grade and then you get to the top and then the views is completely worth it. So the, the trailer in and of itself is a very, very worthy reason for just coming out here and doing it. Yes. Like dissatisfied with your job or like, you know, I don't know, like maybe you had a little health scare and you want to, you know, you want to adventure or whatever. It's like the trail, the trail itself is a really great reason just to come out. Yeah, on, on that point, I'm, I'm really used to walking dirt roads on trails in Germany <laughs> So having one continuous footpath, just single trail right through the woods, that's like, that's a trail. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been, it is not, I have not had one disappointing day out here at all. Yeah. Even like when it was, I think the first few days and there was like tornado warnings and the wind's coming at you sideways and it's really cold and it's icy and the trail is just a river or a creek that you're just walking in, (laughs) slopping water around. I was like. This is awesome. Like I kind of, it's it's just been one one high after another, and I don't know. Maybe three months from now, <laughs> you know, maybe the novelty will wear off. Maybe, but maybe it's still the honeymoon phase. But it's it's been great. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll go with this one just because I. Have to go. I'm sorry, I'm oversharing, but I would say for me <laughs> the most rewarding part was the morning of day four has been the most rewarding. Is like I really had a meltdown on day three. Like I just. It, I called Emily crying at the top of a mountain. Like it would just kind of hit me like how big the AT was, which I know sounds silly to like, how did you not think it was just massive? It was going to take forever. But in a weird part of my mind, I was like, this is going to be so fun and easy. Like the morning of day three, I was like, oh my God, I've been out here for like 72 hours and I've only gone 30 some miles. Like this is going to take like forever to finish. And like, having a rough day on day three, hanging out with two spoons at Whitley Gap shelter, calling Emily, like getting myself regrounded mm-hmm. and then like making the decision to not get off trail in the morning of day four has been the most rewarding part for me. Cause now I feel like I'm ready and like to crush this thing. Um, so I was like, the smokies are amazing. The views are amazing, but like just feeling that confidence in yourself to like you kept going when going got tough, like has been the most rewarding for me. Yeah. We're, we're trying to get into the mantra of it's just one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like we're looking like furthest, maybe four or five days ahead for resupply, for yeah. resupply. But then every, every day is its own and we don't even look at that far ahead. So that, yeah. that really helped to get into the groove. Yeah, for sure. I'll combine a couple of quick questions here and we'll maybe do a couple of rapid fire ones. Speed round. <laughs> Speed round. <laughs> Uh, so we had a couple questions about training or physical preparation. So maybe if anyone wants to talk a little, just briefly about how they trained preparation for the trail. And then if there's anything specifically you do on the day-to-day basis to, you know, prepare either before or after, just keep yourself in good hiking shape. Or if you just get up and start walking, if anyone can speak into that. Raise your hand if you trained. <laughs> uh, we got good, ha- good, we got a good. bit of a hand wave Kevin, from Ozark Kevin. and Kevin. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. yeah. I did I did a very little training. Um, I did a lot more mental training in terms of just getting organized and and all of the the food prep that I talked about in another episode. But I was mostly focused on just getting elevation in, and so I did a lot of kind of steep day hikes just to kind of try to get some of that leg work in ahead of time, um, and that definitely seemed to help just because in the Northeast, um, they don't really have any switchbacks up there. And so when I got to Georgia and a lot of the mountains had really nice graded switchbacks, I was very pleased with that. So that was nice. Um, and then day to day, I always just try to stretch 
at lunch and at the end of the day um, just really <laughs> stretch my legs so we don't cramp up and, and get sore so just gentle stretching I think I think for me like mine was uh, it kind of goes back to like sort of my reason for wanting to do the trail as well it's like I kind of got a refurbished ankle and then I also kind of had some medical stuff with having half my thyroid removed which totally messed up my metabolism I gained a lot of weight and um, then Part of that was actually just really take, making a concerted effort to get my weight down to what was normal for me again and not sleeping 16 hours a day and stuff. And then probably about two months out from the trail, I got really <clears> serious <throat> about getting on the Stairmaster. And so the last month, it was my shakedown hikes on the Knobstone and then also walking with my dog every day, every day, really helped, uh, you know, and actually with like a weighted pack. So for like a few months out from the trail, I was walking around with 15 to 20 pounds in my backpack. of just like water bottles I would stick in there and then take my dog around the, you know, for like a five mile walk, which he loved. So that was okay. I could have done better, <laughs> but yeah, trail legs were open. Yeah. You, you kind of can't prepare your body for a through hike or it would be a through hike to <laughs> prepare for a through hike. Yeah. So... I mostly did like a couple of day hikes and I went the opposite direction from Kev. I, I put on weight mm. because I was aware that we'd be losing weight in the in the beginning. So yeah, gained a couple of pounds. Yeah, Same. Togo did that too. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. I just ate a lot of food. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean it's just you can you get in shape on the trail, so I think it was like there's not a lot of pressure to be in shape when you start the trail, I feel like, mm -hmm. from the trail community, unless you're going for, like, a speed time. Like, if you, if there's some people who come out here, like, I have to finish in four and a half months, like, those people typically do a lot more training. Because yeah. they're, like, they have, from the get-go, they have to do yeah. 18 to 20-mile days. We're all kind of, like, we want to, and I think this is part of what ties the trail together, is, like, we all want to be finished in August, so we have some time. Like, we've got a couple of weeks to get in shape. No, don't want to push it. Don't want to overcook it. A good part about preparing was reading the book Appalachian Trials by Badger. Mm. Shout out to Christina for giving it to me. It was a real good read and it's like it helped me prepare mentally for the feet and getting into the mindset of enjoying yeah. the fuck out of each day you're out here yeah. and not trying to like crush the trail because then the trail will crush you. Yeah. But just having the best time of our lives out here because then you can keep going. Yeah. That was actually, yeah, the, the books read, like I, I started reading uh, AWOL on the Appalachian Trail and uh, I actually stopped reading that one because it was too similar to like some of my own experience. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I was like, I want some of this to be fresh for me. But Grandma Gatewood's Walk mm -hmm. was amazing and really helped me wrap my head around exactly what I was about to do and come out here with an attitude of like, suck it up, buttercup. Like, you know... A, if an old lady can really tough this out like three different times, it's like, yeah, the, the, just coming out here mentally hardy and kind of knowing what you're getting into was important. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure that was a rapid fire answer, but <laughs> great answers nonetheless. Okay. We'll do one last question. Ra actually rapid fire. We have this questions one. for you guys though. Um, questions for you too. What's something for you already place. regret packing or have already like gotten rid of? We all should do one for this. Yeah. I can go first. I, um, I regret a little, not regret, but I'm questioning my decision for my tent. Uh, I've got a very, I got a classic, like 
two-person backpacking tent that's almost three pounds and it's super comfy. I love the tent. I've had it on a million backpacking trips, but it's just like we've been doing a lot of shelter stays and we've had pretty decent weather, which I know might not stay the same, but I'm going to upgrade to a trekking pole tent that's like two pounds lighter just because I bet I've only set it up the tent five times. I've been in shelters a lot with the, between the Smokies and between like just where, where we're at in the bubble. We're like able to get some spots in the shelters every once in a while. So that's been my biggest kind of regret because that's that's pretty heavy to have a three pound tent. That's that's pretty high. So that's been the thing I'm going to swap out. I don't really regret packing anything, but I've been told that I should drop the bear can that I'm carrying so many times <laughs> that if I make it to Maine, that thing will be there with me. Um, I have three extra tent stakes I haven't used, so I'm going to get rid of those. Nice. Uh, I initially brought like a Moleskine journal with me because I kind of liked doing the handwritten journal, but it was about two ounces shy of a pound. And, uh, yeah, mailed that home. <laughs> I'm also carrying some extra battery packs. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I didn't need as many Band-Aids <laughs> or the entire roll of Leucotape. <laughs> Although I'm running, I've already, I'm already out, so I need more of it. Yeah. So. Um, I don't really regret anything that I packed. I'm really happy I packed spikes, which I think a lot of people, <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people in the family regret not packing. Uh, yeah. So prepared. Yeah. Uh, but I did switch out my backpack just a couple weeks in. Um, I went with like a frameless, really lightweight pack, um, and I hadn't done enough training with it. And so I switched out my pack at the, um, the Nantahala Outdoor Center, and that has been a great move. Mm. So kind of the, oh, biggest, yeah. the biggest item. But. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I had a pack switch as well. Like I broke a stay in one of mine, but like the chest strap broke two days in. A stay broke like at day 10 or something. And yeah, I switched my pack out as well. So my pack's a little heavier. But it's very dummy proof, so I'm I'm happy I switched that out. Join the Osprey gang. <laughs> yeah, Osprey's a good pack. Yeah. Even though they're heavy, they're very high quality, very comfortable. It's, it's a Cadillac of backpacks. <laughs> well, I think we have one more question for you all, but if you want to ask us any questions first and then we'll I'm just wrap curious up what on Well, thanks for hosting. You guys did a fantastic job curating mm. the questions. Thanks so just, much. Wow. Just wow. <laughs> And thank you for running this hostel for this week, the weekend for us. Zach and Emily's hostel, best hostel on the AT, mm. hands down at the cozy, cozy cabin. Will not be open again. Will never be open again. <laughs> Definitely not in this neighborhood. Don't put, it, don't put on far out. We're not a real business. Yes. One time only. One time only. What's it been like for you guys as fans having people as fans, <laughs> as, as, listen, as listeners, as people who care about some hikers on the trail? What's it been like to follow along from home? I'm I actually am really curious. Like, what's the experience like is for you guys? Um, I have a routine of like how I follow along, just because I'm like Jake's PR. Um, <laughs> You're also my girlfriend. Um, but I'm your PR. For this. <laughs> um, so I run his Facebook group. So if you want in that, let him know. But I like give everybody daily updates, so just gather whatever information I can from Jake on the day. Um, a lot of times it's on far out from his check-ins and just kind of like piecing together what they've done. So I do that, and then I update his spreadsheet, and then that's your spreadsheet. I didn't make that spreadsheet. Okay, I update a spreadsheet. <laughs> and then it's I, great though. It's and great. then I mark like where he's been on the map, and that's kind of like how I follow along day to day. So you're kind of plotting the progress. Mm -hmm. That's why we call you base camp. Oh, and then I'm researching whatever these guys need. 
you're very you're critical to our family success. Yeah. I hope you know. Yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm the brains behind the operation. You I really guess <laughs> you, are. you really are. I think for me there was a lot of uncertainty, like not knowing anyone who's done this before. I kind of actually assumed that you'd be like more off the grid than you have been. <laughs> Transparently, like you know, I didn't really know how often you'd have cell service or be in touch. You know, I think before the trip you were kind of saying, well, you know, if I call you, just like pick up the phone. Yeah. But for the most part, you know maybe once every other day or something, you know, we're, we're able to text back and forth or, or whatnot. So, um, you know, that's been just like a learning experience. I don't think we knew, I, I knew like how I was going to be able to like keep in touch or interact or follow along with, with you all in your journey. Um, so that's been really nice. Um, cool. just to not feel like you're totally a wall, even though you're off, you know, uh, I think on, all on of us trail. are able to text. Like you're definitely at least able yeah. to text most places on the trail. Like yeah. there's some places where you have like SOS only, but it's nice at least, can't call or like do internet, but you can usually at least get a text out, which is cool. Yeah. So cool. Thanks, Sharon. That was my only question. I just was curious. Great. Uh, last question that I think will wrap up this uh, extra long edition of Where's Jake at is uh, what are you most looking forward to um, as you think forward, you know, to at any point along the rest of this journey? Oof. What are you most looking forward to or just something that comes to mind? That's a good question. I think just seeing more of the states. It's been fantastic so far. Um, and like we said, we're not really looking too far ahead. You take it as a kind of series of section hikes, so five days ahead to your next resupply. So I guess right now, looking forward to Max Patch, um, which will be tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good answer, Shane. Thank you. Taking the cheap way out before <laughs> anyone else gets it. I think for me, I'll say that, like, certainly excited for, like, the Whites all of North New England, like, that'll be cool, especially if we're still riding with Ozark. Like, she'll be able to give us a first-hand look. But honestly, what I'm most excited for is, like, just the random stories that we can't predict that are already yeah. going to happen. Like, those have been the highlights of the last three weeks, and they will be the highlights moving forward. Like, we were talking with Terry, or Pterodactyl, from Around the Bend. He was really entertaining, just telling about his 2016 thru-hike, and he had all these incredible stories about just, like, random moments, like – Staying at a hostel in Damascus and then realizing there was a strip club across the street or staying in Hot Springs and some convenience store throwing out all their beer and like just these random things that he experienced that um, we're going to experience too. Definitely probably not a strip club, but um, <laughs> just like we'll see what those things are. Like it's impossible to predict and that's what I'm looking forward to is just the surprise. Yeah, I like Bane and Nutella's answer. The that's the plan. So it's like just staying humble, like you know, be humble or be humbled, right? So it's yeah, we'd really like to be able to finish because that that is the ultimate goal. But it has been very very rewarding. I, I keep thinking it's the best decision I've ever made, and it's mostly because you're just meeting so many cool people out here. And that's that's been a. Uh, that's been a big surprise. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of hiking home pretty much. I'm going to be hiking like an hour east of, of where I grew up and, and then into Vermont. And I've done um, this, the Vermont section of the AT I've done on the long trail. So I'm like really looking forward to kind of experiencing the Green Mountains with my new, my new family. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's a ways off. So also looking forward to getting to Hot Springs in two days. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to getting to the Whites again. I've, I've seen them for a bit, but it's been a long time ago. So, But even experiencing all that is in between till we get there. Yeah. So 
yeah, just looking forward to the trial. Awesome. Well, I think that's all we have for you. So uh, follow Jake on Instagram at Jake Land at Jake Landgraf, um, on the web at Where'sJakeAt.com. Um, so with that, base camp and shotgun out. out.